0: Thank you. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Are you guys happy to be here? Yes. All right. Let's stand up and do something. I want us to stretch. Um, actually, no, let's sit down. You know the song, <laughs> I will make you fishers of men, the M's and F's, yeah? This is those of us who know English. When we sing the M, I'll ask Peter to come and I'll read the song. When we sing the M, a word starting with M, the male stand up. Mm-hmm. When we say something with F, the female stand up. When it's neither M or F, unless you are a Mafrodite, we expect what's to be seated. You don't ask I will make you pictures of men. So when they say an M1, the men stand up, let's do some exercise and I'll say invite the speaker.
1: Okay. Let's see who's been paying attention.
0: Fishers of men, fishers of men I will make
1: you fishers of men if you follow
0: me I will make you fishers of men, fishers of men, fishers of men I will make you fishers of men if you follow me what I wanted to share. This is the first time we're doing an Inspire for Youth. The vision for Inspire effective Christian leaders. We want to raise a generation. A generation is a large number of people. And interestingly, we cannot produce them. You know, it's just the Muslims have a philosophy. The reason they marry four wives, is that's the fastest way to get a lot of people. With well, us, we have the way we shall raise a generation is by us obeying the last words of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Matthew twenty eight, verses eighteen to twenty the last words of Jesus Christ stood on the mountain of Olives and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and commanding them and and he says, Lord, I will be with you to the end of the age. The last words of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior, was for us to go and make disciples. The challenge I want to give us today with a story, some of you have heard this story before. A story is told of a lady called Sandra West. This lady was a widow to a very rich Texan millionaire. And in her will, before she died, she wrote in her will that when she dies, she should be buried in her February night gown, And that she should be buried in her Ferrari. That was her will. And she said, if her brother not orders her will, then he will inherit a million dollars. If he didn't honor her will, then he'll only get about $50. If you are her brother, in you know which of the two will you pursue? The million dollars, isn't it? And guess what? When she died, they opened her will, and that's what it said. And so this guy needed their million dollars. So he said, we cannot alter this state's will. So it was taken to court because they had never seen ever before somebody being buried in a car. Have you ever heard of it happen anywhere? It has actually happened. This happened in 1977. And guess what? They got to court, the ruling was, you cannot alter the will of the dead. They appealed to the Supreme Court and they said, you can never alter the will of the dead. And on the day of her funeral, they dressed her up in her favorite nightgown, and they put her in the driver's seat. And they lowered the Lord Ferrari six feet under the ground. It was a big deal because people had never imagined a car being buried. You can look for it on the internet, Sandra West. You'll find that story. It's amazing. We can't alter the will of a human being, friends. How much more important are the last words of Jesus Christ? Jesus, who is our Lord and Savior, the last words he said on earth is go and make disciples. He did not say go and make believers because there's a difference between disciples and believers. A disciple, Jesus tells us who a disciple is in John chapter 8, verse 31. He says he was speaking to the Jews that believed and he told them, if you abide in my word, you shall be my disciple indeed. And in verse 32, he says, you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. We are supposed to be a generation of Christian leaders that are making disciples, making believers that abide in God's word. Those of you who are here yesterday say the death of the children of Israel, from the time they crossed the Red Sea to when they entered the promised land, was manna. And the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3: that he humbled our fathers and fed them on a kind of food that they did not know that could teach them that man does not live on bread alone but man lives on every word that proceeds from the father's mouth friends if you are born again the diet for your spirit is the word of god man does not live on bread alone when you go to a funeral you find the body there but the person has gone because the person is not this body this is the suitcase this is a container when you die, you will leave this body here. The Bible says that this body is desperately wicked. The Bible says all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. Eternal separation from God. So the first challenge I want to bring to anybody here who has not made that decision. The truth is this. The Bible says it's a man wants to die and be judgment. And the Bible says those that are without Christ have already been condemned if you've never made that decision. I want to give you an opportunity to make a decision for Jesus Christ. The Bible says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The moment you mention that name, friends, Jesus comes and becomes resident in your life and your name gets written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You get assured of eternal life. That is when you become a believer. The moment you get born again, friends, like a baby, when a baby is born, the baby has to be saved, isn't it? You need to feed the body with the, the spirit the word of God. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because you need to believe that He is, and that He's the reward of those that diligently seek you. Isn't it? And the Bible says faith only comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The only part of your body that hears is the ears, isn't it? So when you read your Bible, how do you read it? Do you hear the word of God? Does the entrance of God's word bring light? Does it bring understanding to the simple? The entrance of God's word. I want to teach you one thing friends. You need to read the Bible every day. It should be diet. It should be like food. I was sharing this on Sunday when I preached in Kololo, And I was telling you that God is very interesting. From Genesis chapter 1 up to Revelation chapter 3, 22 verse 21 God has given us 1,000 189 chapters. And if you divide that by 365 days of the year, you'll come to 3.2. God has provided for you a chapter for lunch, for breakfast, a chapter for lunch, and a chapter for dinner. He has even provided half a chapter for morning tea and evening tea. Friends, the Bible says all scripture is God breathed and is profitable for doctrine, for reproach, for reproof, for instruct, for doctrine, for reproof for correction and instruction in righteous living that may be made complete. Friends, all scripture is not just the parables, it's not just the Psalms and the Proverbs, it's not your favorite scripture, all scripture. Friends, we need to feed on the full balanced diet. The challenge I want to bring to us is you need to read the Bible every day. That is what you eat for every day. We need to grow our spirits, friends. Paul says when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I understood like a child. And I did childish things. Now that I'm a man, I have set aside childish things. The challenge I want to give us friends. We need to grow our spirits. When you got born again, are you still as old as you were when you got born again? Or have you grown up? The only thought for your spirit to grow is the word of God. You need to read the word of God. Paul says in Galatians that an heir... He's as good as a child, as good as a slave as long as he's a child. Remember when King Oyo became the king? Until he touched 18, he was as good as a slave, he was as good as everybody else. The moment he became a man, he took charge of the kingdom. A lot of us, the Bible says, we are heirs of the Father, we are joint heirs with the Son. Let me tell you, we are supposed to be like Jesus because he's our brother, he's our firstborn. But a lot of us Christians are living an apology. We are living our lives very poorly because we are still children. In First John, he says, he was talking to little children in spiritual terms. He says, little children, your sins are forgiven. The things that worry babies in Christ is their sins. The Bible says there is therefore now no more condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. If you believe that word, friends, there is no more condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Your sins have been washed away. That's why faith, you have to only we're not saved by our works of righteousness. We're saved by grace alone, which comes by faith in Jesus. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. We need to believe that God is going to give us eternal life. The moment you have accepted Jesus, friends, you know that you there's no more condemnation. And if you feed your spirit, friends, You will grow up. I was asking people on Sunday. How many of us used to wet our beds? Did you used to wet your bed when you were young? Come on, let's be honest, because I know we all did. (laughs) You don't remember. I can tell you, every child wets the bed. But you stopped. And the only thing you did to stop wetting your bed was you grew up. It is only growing up. Some of the sins that so easily entangle us are because we are still children. Friends, if we can read the Bible, the Bible guarantees us the Bible says that the word of God is living and powerful. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. It can separate spirit and soul, bone and marrow. It can discern the thoughts at the intents of the heart. The word of God itself can transform you. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Do not conform to the standards of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. That you shall know, the good and perfect will of God. Many of us are wondering, what is God's will for my life? The secret is in Romans twelve two. Do not conform the standards of this world, and that's the script, the same scripture like that Psalms one one three says. Blessed is the man not to conform the standards of this world. Is like Psalms one one to three. Blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on it he meditates day and night. What shall you be? You'll become like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water, that bears fruit in season, whose leaves not wither. His way shall be prosperous. Friends, Joshua eight says that if that be strong and courageous, he said, let the law of the Lord not depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, that your way shall be prosperous. Young people, the challenge I want to bring to us tonight, we need to raise a generation of effective Christian leaders. And the only way this will happen is if we do not conform to the standard of this world. We need to stop getting off from the ungodly. We need to stop standing in the path of sinners. We need to stop sitting in the seat of the soul. Godful. But our delight should be in the love of the Lord. Friends, the challenge I want to give us, we need to desire the word of God. It is the bread, the food for your life. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. In Revelation chapter 19 verse 13, says that he had a name that no one else knew but himself this was describing jesus and his name that no one else knew but himself was the word of god friends if you're in a relationship with jesus you must have a relationship with this Word. how can you wake up in the morning and go about your day and you say jesus is your lord and savior yet you've not heard from him how else do you hear from jesus if not from his word the challenge i want to give us friends we need to read the Bible every day. It is not an option. It is a necessity. That is where you'll hear that still small voice saying this is the way walking is." When the Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord, that is where you'll hear that still small voice. Let me tell you one thing as I finish. When it says that manna in the journey to the wilderness was a symbol of what the word of God is for sustainers, Manna you had to collect just enough for that day. If you collected more, it would get spoiled. The scripture you read this morning is for today, friends. Jesus guarantees you that he'll speak for tomorrow. The next day he'll provide manna. That's what the Bible says his masses are new every morning. That's why his faithfulness is great? His mercies every morning, friends. He'll provide you manna for tomorrow. what we live on is the word of God the assurance that God will deliver what he promises for us tomorrow if you remember the story of the temptation when Jesus was led to the wilderness after fasting for 40 days the first temptation Satan came and told him if you are the son of God turn the stones into bread and Jesus said it is written man does not live on bread alone but man lives on every word.'" That was the Father's us, father. friends. That is the number one solution for overcoming temptation. If you want to overcome temptation, friends, you need to begin to live on bread, on the word of God, not on bread alone. The challenge I want you to go away with, in order for us to become a generation of effective Christian leaders, Christian leaders that propagate the kingdom, men and women that are making disciples. Whenever God has placed you in that school, in that university, at that place of work, God has planted you there to bring people to the kingdom. That is why when you get born again, if you got born again to go to heaven, then, like Jeremiah said, the evangelist will be having a shotgun. As soon as you give your life to Christ, you start to go to heaven. But we are here. The Bible says in Second Peter, I think it's two three. It says that God is not slack contends goes his promise as son considers darkness his desire is that no man should perish God is always counting on you friends imagine, God sent Jesus and Jesus came and died on the cross for us when Jesus was living, he sent you the disciples brought the gospel that's why he came to Africa Philip and the other disciples had brought the gospel to Africa they were faithful to their call they delivered the gospel Friends, what are you doing about? The Bible says, "To whom much is given, much will be expected." Those people did not have cars, they did not have aeroplanes, they did not have telephones, they did not have the internet. Today, we have a lot more facilities. Friends, we shall have, a, we shall have to answer what we have done with the technology that we have. Are you using the technology to bring people into the kingdom? Friends, the challenge for inspire is for us to become a generation. That is different. We need to become like Daniel. The Bible says Daniel and the Hebrew boys purpose not to defile themselves. That is when they began to be different. And they said, they told the king, if you can test us for 10 days, let us feed on a different diet. Friends, that's the different diet I want to put us on. When you begin to feed on the word of God, friends, it will differentiate you. The word of God guarantees transformation. You don't have to do anything. Just allow God's word that is living and powerful to enter your ears. It will begin to renew your mind and it will begin to transform your life. You will become a product. People who eat a lot of chips, I'm sure some of you have not seen in a while, notice that I have put on a bit of weight. This is chips. And and I eat a lot more (laughs) chips because I'm not exactly a good cook. And I'm a married bachelor. I live in Kenya. My family has just joined me. So, the most convenient food to eat is fast food. You will look like the food you eat, friends, if you read the Word of God. I have not used my Bible. Have you noticed? But do you know I've quoted a lot of scriptures? That amazes a lot of people. Let me tell you, the Bible says, how do children learn how to talk? You see, children take notes. They don't. Children learn by hearing. Whatever you hear, you will speak. That's why people who are deaf are dumb, out of their balance of their heart, the mouth speaks. Friends, when the word of God enters your life, when it fills, the Bible says let the mind of in Christ Jesus be in you. Friends, as a man thinketh, so he is. When you feed your speech to the word of God, you will begin to manifest the word of God. Be a product of your thoughts. And the challenge I'm trying to give you, friends, is not just to read some verses. If you read a verse and you read a whole newspaper, what are you like to think about? The newspaper. That is the secret, friends. I used to read the whole vision and the whole monitor and I read by verse. I changed the pattern, friends. I decided the most literature I consume every day must be the word of God. That is a decision I made and it has transformed my life. I decided this only two years ago, July 2011. I decided I must read the Bible every day. I started by reading one chapter. I went to two chapters to three chapters. Today I do 18 chapters. I have to grow friends. I want to become like an heir. I want the word of God to prove itself. The Bible says, God's word does not return to him for it. It accomplishes every purpose for which it says it says. The Bible says he watches over his word performing. I have taken the word of God to task. I wanted to transform my life. And friends, I have been transformed. I'm not yet there. I am in the process. I tell people I'm now about five years old. In terms of spiritual food. I'm much older than I used to be friends. And it's because I am feeding daily. Like broilers. The that broilers will eat as long as there is light. So for me, as long as I can, I read my Bible. I have a principle. No Bible, no breakfast. I must feed my spirit. Feet by body, and I have practiced this for the last two years, friend. It is doing wonders. I can testify about what God has done in my life. I am far better. You know the Bible says about the show of the Garden. When they presented them to the king, they were ten times better than their colleagues. Every day of their tests was the mild people. I 10 times, they were 10 times better. Friends, as I finish and before I invite Dr. Gunn, the challenge I want to leave with us, in order for us to become a generation of effective Christian leaders, it is not how many conferences you attend. Let me tell you no amount of prayer, no amount of counseling, no amount of overnights and worship and all the things we do shall ever transform you. The Bible only says one thing: it's the word of God, the renewing of your mind. By the word of god that will transform you because the salvation we came to is not mechanical god guarantees when you eat a chapati the chapati you don't say go to the stomach i want to grow a big one the chapati knows where to go isn't it that's the word of god is also living and active it can discern your thoughts that's why when read the scripture today it doesn't say the same thing it will say to you tomorrow because of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world and then the end shall come this preaching is not going to happen at crusades. This preaching is going to happen at your workplace. Where in your school? Whenever God has blessed us, whenever every Christian who has salt and light are, if we can begin to exhibit, exhibit our salt and light, we shall begin to preach this gospel. Is an evangelist is a point. This preacher at a 16 day It's a blessing of to class for happy to come and spread
1: this thing The Lord bless you for that word of exhortation. For this session, we're looking at the subject which is the basis of a promise your sons and daughters will prophesy. And seated before me are the sons and the daughters who must prophesy. To prophesy, is to publicly declare God's counsel to prophesy is to publicly demonstrate the word the word of the Lord for which you were created there is a word for which everyone here was created
0: there is a word
1: that was become flesh in each and every one of us One of the most significant prophecies concerning young people is found in the book of Jewel. Jewel chapter 2. It says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall drink dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. Now the current challenges faced by young people does not suggest that this prophecy is a reality. But we must believe the promise. Can you declare, lifting up your right hand, I believe this promise. Come on now your young people, I want you to make a proclamation, declare it one more time. I believe his promise. Now, for this promise to become a reality, we need as young people to know what it will take for us to publicly declare and demonstrate the patterns, the principles, and the plans and purposes of God. Let me declare There is a word that must be made flesh in somebody here There is a word that must be made flesh I believe that when Mary, after her encounter with Jesus probably read the book of Isaiah Where it is stated that the virgin shall give birth She said, wait a minute, this is the word that should be made flesh in me I am the one appointed to publicly demonstrate this word when John the Baptist read about the voice crying in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight I'm sure he must have said, wait a minute this is the word that must be flesh in me this is the word for which I was created one day the Lord asked me to do something strange. He asked me to write Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, 10 times in the morning and 10 times in the evening. And I should use a diary, uh, Paul, I bought diaries, and in the morning I'll write it 10 times, in the evening I'll write 10 times. The bedroom was full of exercise books and diaries. One day my wife called my attention and said, what is this nonsense? I told her what you call nonsense is great sense to the Lord. So I continued writing. I count not myself to have apprehended for this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and pressing forward those things that are before, I press towards the prize of the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I wrote for six months. Ten times in the day, ten times in the night. After six months the Lord said, okay, stop. From now on I'm giving you a gift. The gift of inspired dissatisfaction. I am my best critic. I can tear apart whatever I have done. On the basis of the word I count myself not to have apprehended I have not yet arrived. So forgetting those things which are behind, whether they are great, whether they are bad, forgetting them, looking forward to those things which are before, I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. For me, the word in Philippians 3, and 14 was in flesh. That is the word for which I was born. Help me tell your neighbor there is a word that was made flesh inside you. But well, come on now, your young people, use a prophetic question. Tell somebody, there's a word that must be flesh in you. In other words, it's on the basis of that word that you must prophesy. And the promise here is that your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Lift up your right hand and declare, I shall prophesy. was there is a word that i must publicly declare demonstrate on the basis of the patterns of heaven now there will be high profile demonstrations of amazing wisdom by young people can i hear you say Amen? now in the midst of the horrendous tragedies of human trafficking sex slavery forced prostitution i like you to understand that God has given a word that young people will manifest incredible wisdom, incredible skill in this season. And I believe it. And I believe that seated before me are the young people who will manifest incredible wisdom. And so we need to begin to reflect on the basis of this promise that God has given and to believe the promise when we look at the plan for use the purposes for use the proclamations of god for use you will understand why we need to believe the promise that sons and daughters will prophesy there are god's plans and purposes you see one of the things you need to know about God is that our God is a God of purpose. Everybody say purpose. Now, I like Dr. Miles Monroe of Bahamas, he seems to have one of the greatest revelations in the area of purpose. Uh, Dr. Miles Monroe says that God is a God of purpose. Everything in life has a purpose. But unfortunately, not all purpose is known. God is a God of purpose. Everything in life has a purpose, but unfortunately not all purpose is known. Then he goes on to say that where purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. Everybody says that time here: where purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. I'm going to say it again, where purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. If you don't know the purpose of a thing, you will abuse that thing. Take okay. for instance, some ladies do not know the purpose of this hair on our head called eyebrow. So some ladies will say, God, you didn't do well. How dare you put hair on my hair? You spoiled my face. So some ladies will think, raise up in and they will shave it. <clears throat> and they will shave it. <clears throat> then they will take. Uh, is it an uh, eye pencil is it charcoal? <laughs> okay, eye pencil alias charcoal and, and I have no problem with them using charcoal to put on their face uh, 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 but they also say, God you are not a good artist I don't like the shape uh-huh. you gave my eyebrow so then you put the eye pencil up like this and then they put another one up like this, and some of them will look like pussycats. <laughs> I'm not talking to anybody here. But if the shoe fits where I am, where purpose is not known, abuse is in That is called eyebrow abuse. <laughs> Well, you know, you're not alone. I had my own challenges when I was in school. I studied at the University of Egypt as well That's did uh, master's program and the PhD program. When I was doing my PhD program was when I met my wife. And those days we had rooms to ourselves. I walked into her room and I saw this beautiful bag that I considered to be really, really very good. And I put a lot of writing, so I picked up the bag And I put my pencils and my pen into the bag and for about two weeks, I was posing with the bag. Somebody say posing. You know, sometimes you see some guys, they take their leg and they put on the stool, they are shaking it. They are not shaking it for reason. They want you to know that they are wearing a new (laughs) shoe. So I was posing with the bag for two weeks. And then one of our lecturers at that time called me as a lady. She said... Well, again, I've seen him walk about this campus with this bag. Why are you walking about the whole place with toilets back? I didn't know that there was a special bag only meant to be used in the toilet. <laughs> my God, when I heard that I was posing with toilet bag, I wanted the art to open so I can be very different. But thank God that the app did not open. That is called eyebrow. And the other one is eyebrow. Abuse. This one is, is called toilet bag abuse. Where purpose is not known, abuse is in When you don't know the purpose of God for your life, when you don't know the purpose of God for young people, then you will abuse your life. i like you to know that you are not a non entity. You are not just a passerby. There's a reason for which God created you. Lift up your right hands. I'm not a entity. Come on Lift you up your voice, declare I'm not a non-entity. Those who don't declare they're only telling me you that you're non entities. Well you are not. Lift you up your right and one more time. I like the whole hotel to hear you. One more time, I am not an entity. I am not entity. No, you are not a non-entity. You're an entity that God created to fulfill a purpose. When we we'll look at God's word. You will see prophetic plans and purposes for use. What are they briefly? first they promise to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. Joel 2.28 And it shall come to pass afterward, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Everybody say all flesh. All flesh. That includes you. All flesh his spirit is the report upon all flesh for what purpose? so that all flesh will manifest his grace all flesh will manifest his glory all flesh will fulfill purpose then in says a plan to empower sons and daughters to prophesy in other words the outcome of god's spirit should empower you to prophesy and remember when I say prophesy, I'm not talking about that thing you do in church. You know, sometimes after praise and worship, somebody will begin to shake as if they have light on. That's not the kind of prophecy I'm talking about. And then they will say, Mama, ma. ma, 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 ma pa, pa, pa. I used to wonder why they only say Mama ma, 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 not pa, pa, pa. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about something you are created to demonstrate. To show that this thing is a reality. Sons and daughters will prophesy. That is a promise. And I believe it. If there's somebody that believes you. me, lift up your hand as I believe it. I believe it. There is the admonition to remember the creator in the days of your youth. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1. Remember now that Creator the days of your youth, while the evil days come not, not the years drawn near when thou shall say, I have no pleasure in them. There are certain things you can do now which you may not be able to do tomorrow. And this is one of the words, that you need to remember your Creator in the days of your youth. Then there is this challenge to pass the ultimate test. Of total surrender the challenge to pass the ultimate test of total surrender now this challenge is found in Mark chapter 10 uh, reading from verse 17 to 22 just pay attention let me describe what happened in that scripture and why it is relevant to the fulfillment of the prophecy or the word uh, uh, of faith that sons and daughters will prophesy. Jesus, we are told, came to a particular place. Then a young man came running towards him, and he knelt down and he said, Good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Interpreted in another context what must i do to fulfill purpose what must i do to show that i'm not a non-entity what must i do to ensure that the word of god that is supposed to be made flesh in me must be demonstrated what must i do to ensure that my life is a reflection of the reason for which i was created what must i do to inherit eternal life jesus speaking to him said You know the commandments. Do not uh, worship other gods. Do not steal. Honor your father and your mother so that your days will be long. We are told that the young man said to Jesus, I've done all these things from my youth. Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said to him, You go, sell whatever you think you have, and give to the poor and come, take up your cross and follow me. Now what's my point in this story? The man who came to Jesus or the person who came to Jesus was described as a rich, young ruler. Everything, say rich, young ruler. If you look at the profile of this man, you will think he had it. He had, he had everything. One, he was rich. Is there anybody here who wants to be rich? Can you wave your hand and shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. Well I do not want to dwell in poverty, because Paul, I want to preach this gospel. With this gospel of the kingdom, I must use money to preach it. So I know you read your Bible, I also know you talk to God, so tell him that he should give me a lot of money. Amen! Be my advocate, tell him I will not spend it on frivolities, I will use it to preach the gospel. Will you help me do that, sir? God bless you. Hallelujah. This guy was great. I say it again. Is there anybody who wants to be rich here? Can you wave your hand and shout hallelujah? And yeah. maybe he was young. Somebody say young. Yeah. I'm not that young, but I'm young at heart. It's good to be young. Right? right. Oh, it's good to be young. Huh? But be careful. You will not remain young. Oh, look at this profile. He was rich. He was young, and he was a ruler. If there's somebody that wants to be the president of Uganda here in the next maybe 10, 15 years or twenty years, are you here? Oh, they are not here. Only Paul is here. He was rich. He was. He was young. He was a ruler. In other words, he had a capacity to exercise dominion, to rule, oh may God give you the capacity to rule, yes. to exercise dominion. Yes. Because the word your sons and daughters shall prophesy can be translated to mean your sons and daughters shall rule. So sit here before me, are the ministers in government, yes. are the honorable parliamentarians. Yes. Can you greet somebody say honorable? Yes. Go ahead, peace so of the honorable. Hallelujah. Ambassador. Hallelujah. He was a ruler. And the ruler set standards. The ruler sets what? Standards. You remember our six inch ruler? We used the primary school. How did it come? It took a ruler to create a ruler. The king of France wanted. A standard measurement by which they could uh, determine uh, a measure. So he asked somebody to cut a piece of wood and then they measured uh, the 16th ruler to the shoulder and he determined that this shall be a ruler. This shall be the standard setter. You are a ruler and you are supposed to set what? Standard. Yeah. So he was a ruler. And I look at it. He came to Jesus. Some of say he came to Jesus. I don't know who you go to. Some of you go to your friends for counsel. With God, even if your friend is not a good counselor. Some of you go to. God. He came to Jesus, and he came to the most important person. Come on, ask your neighbor. Have you come to Jesus yet? If you haven't come to Jesus, please come to Jesus immediately. He came to Jesus, and what did he come to do? Oh, before I even go to what he came to do, he came to Jesus. He came running. Somebody say running. Running. Come on now, say running. Running. I wish I could ask you guys to run, but I'm running on your behalf. (laughs) He came running. Running is the state of fast movement. It symbolizes zeal. So look at his profile. He was young. He was he was rich. He was the ruler. He came to the right person. He came running. That means he was zealous. When he got to Jesus, he knelt before him. Kneeling is a sign of self-abnegation, humility. So he was supposedly humble. So he was rich. He was young. He was the ruler. He came to the right person, huh? he was zealous, and he was supposedly humble. Are you still with me? And he asked the ultimate question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? For oh, that guy guys here asking some relevant but not the ultimate question. What must I do to get married to a millionaire? Know some ladies are asking that question. <laughs> what must I do to get married to a beautiful girl? May the Lord help you to get married well in Jesus' name. Amen. Because marriage is part of the equation. and be careful what you do in preparation for your marriage. Be very, very careful because marriage is a ministry, and couples are on assignment. Sons and daughters that must prophesy they cannot make mistakes in the area of marriage. Hello. So ladies, open your eyes very well.